Hey, you guys. I am so glad to have our special guest with us, Mr. Irvin Mitchell. If you guys have not heard of Irvin before, today is going to be a really great opportunity to learn more about his music, his life. I'm a huge fan of him, and I just really think that it's great that he decided to be a part of Black Canvas. Um, he's a songwriter, a rap artist from Memphis, Tennessee, currently based out of the hotbed of urban culture, Atlanta, Georgia. Irvin has quickly garnered over 4 million monetized streams and hundreds of Shazams of his songs. Irving's overarching theme is the power of the mind to manifest our reality. And this is on full display on the Let There Be Light EP and La La La, a single from his upcoming Cuddy Baby album. Irving internalized the philosophy that the job mm. of a true artist is to convey meaningful messages and emotions in the simplest way. And Irvin has leveraged his genre-bending collaborations to build an underground following that spans across the globe. And Irvin, we're so glad to have you here on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It's, it's, it's crazy hearing somebody read that. Oh, yeah, my manager would lose his mind if I didn't say it's hundreds of thousands of Shazams, not just hundreds. <laughs> there we go. Hundreds of thousands of Shazams. I'm so glad you corrected me. I'm all about correction. So thank you for, for making sure I said it correctly. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's all good. <laughs> cool. So let's kind of talk about, before we get into our questions, um, I told Irvin we're going to do some quick lightning round questions that are going to be based on some of his songs, the titles, and we're going to, I came up with some fun questions where I'll ask them. But I really want to talk about the 4 million streams. How, did, how were you yeah. able to process that number? in your head um it was a weird it's kind of different it's like because my manager is really like he's really up on like he does a good job so back in like 2000 i think it was 14 maybe yeah he was telling me about spotify and i had heard about it you know i knew that people use it a lot but it wasn't like it is now like everything on spotify and like back then, rappers were trying to get on live mixtapes, banners and different things where you couldn't monetize like you on the banner, but you can't directly uh, calculate how much that's, you know, how many streams or whatever. How much is this helping you? Like, you know, but you paying these people like ten thousand dollars for that. But he was like all about building relationships with playlisters on Spotify. So I put out my first EP on Spotify and we really didn't even you know, push it a lot, like stay the most popular song on there. It just caught on organically, like through the Spotify algorithm until this day is just still going like, you know, and that just makes me feel good because that lets me know that, you know, people actually like the music because you can put as much money as you want to behind something and it's going to get a certain level of success. But when it really exceeds that expectation and just goes and goes, that's when you really know, like, it's really organic and people really love it, you know. I agree. I feel like that's one thing I love about listening to music. And I love talking to people like you um, because I think it's about growing and then maturing in your music. And I feel like when you first start out and you're not sure, you know, how people are going to relate to it or if they're going to share it. And a lot of times underground, we take, talk about mixtapes. That's a big way of many years ago. That's how people stay current. Um, I remember when I was younger living in New Orleans and there was this place called Peaches and they used to sell all these like mixtapes. And I remember the first CD I ended up buying in there was 50 cents, Get Rich or Die Trying. 
And so when you ended up buying the CDs, they were mm. upcharged so high. Like the CD, I think, was over 30 some dollars, if I remember correctly. But it was expensive because they would only keep a few there. And so that was their way of marketing. I'm like, hey, if we keep a few of these, we can make a profit. But there was a demand because he was such a great rapper and people really wanted to get to know more about his career, especially working with Eminem and just that whole thing with, with, with 50 Cent and look at where he is now. I mean, has an amazing career. But I just remember that growing up and just running to the stores to get it. And now we have so much access to like Spotify, um, Apple Music, Google, like there's so many different ways you can find music um, online. And I think that's great that you're able to monetize and are doing really well with your career so far. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that too, because I miss the old days where it was like, I don't know, even when they came out with like the little shops where they burn the CDs and you could sell CDs. I used to sell CDs too in high school, but like they had the little store you could do that. But I was the one I wanted the cover art. I wanted to buy the real CD, like, you know, and you could get the bootleg CD for like $5, which is the same music, but it's like the other one would be like 15, maybe 18. But I wanted that because I wanted the whole package, like, you know, and like, it's just about being able to transfer that over into the streaming culture. Like, you know. I, I agree. I mean, I remember that too. I used to actually burn CDs in high school. So any of my high school classmates, they probably can attest to that. I used to make like mixes of different types of music and would make my own. I used to have my own CD-ROM and I would burn CDs. So I would buy the whole like, I don't know if you remember like Memorex. I would have like 50 discs in, in one and so, like, people were like, can you burn one and I'll put, like, Jay's mix or whatever I would put on there, and then I would download them and just pass them out. I never sold mine. I should have. Maybe that was something I was missing, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried to sell it, but the thing that made it hard was I used to destroy my computer trying to find them songs because you had to find them on LineWire or something. And it's like, dang, I can't find. You know, some some stuff was on there, but some songs just randomly, it just wasn't on there. Like, you know, like. I mean, I guess it was illegal, so it's like we can't control what's actually on there. But that was the problem. I was like, I can't get all these songs, and it just became too much. Like, I was giving people, they'll give me a list of 15 songs. I can only find, like, 10 of them or something. <laughs> yeah, so what I would do, actually, this is crazy. I would actually buy the CDs, and then I would burn from the, the actual CD. So I would burn the CD on my computer, and then I would actually then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did. I, I mean, I was like, I knew the artists weren't making much money. So my whole thoughts were, hey, I need to make sure I have the disc. And then I always would have it. But the problem was I would always play the CDs so much till they started scratching. So like at a certain point, the CD just didn't sound right. I'm like, maybe I should have gone to be maybe like someone, a DJ or something, because I knew how to scratch a CD when I wasn't even trying to. But uh, I just remember those days. It was really fun. So, Urban, yeah. I really got some fun questions for, for you, sure. and I, I know our audience wants to kind of get to know you better. So, if you're ready, I'm going to do some lightning round questions, and then you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind once I exit. All, All right. right. So, the first one we're going to talk about is your song, Only One. So, if you yeah. could only have one item of clothing, what item of clothing would you mm. choose and if you could only have one food, what item of food would you eat? And if you could only visit one city or live in one city for the rest of your life, what city would you live in? Oh, okay. Let's see. That first one, the item, 
Hmm, of clothing. It'll probably be a hoodie. Like you got, cause it's like you prepare for the elements. Like it's like if it's cold, you know, it ain't really keeping you all the way warm, but it's you can survive in it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, or if it's hot, I mean, it's like it's just it can. You know, it's 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 for all elements. So I'm gonna go with the hoodie. Let me see the food. I don't know. Something that would keep me full for a long time. Like, but if it was just a food I like, let me think. Ah, shrimp. I say fried shrimp. I like fried shrimp. And um, what was the last one? One city. If you could choose one city to live in for the rest of your life. See, I, 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 I haven't visited as many cities as I would like yet, so... I don't know yet, but as of right now, I would say I like Atlanta a lot because it's it helps me. Uh, if you got a dream, you can actually make it tangible there, and the cost of living is like where somebody can really survive. It ain't like New York where you already kind of gotta be up to even get started. You know, I mean, it's like the culture in a place like New York is dope, but to live there, you already gotta have some bread versus. In Atlanta, you can come stay on somebody's couch, get a regular little job, and you can actually kind of move like that and still be in the city and busting moves and stuff. So I like that about Atlanta, and it's a lot of creative people. So as of right now, I would say there. But it's a lot of other places I want to visit. So I'm I'm thinking that's going to change, but as of right now. Okay, you did good on that one. I think for me, if I had to choose, I would say item of clothing would be a sweater because um, I feel like that's mm-hmm. something you can take on or off and then you can use it in business meetings. You can use it casual. So that'd probably be something I would choose. The food would be fried oysters. I could eat oysters all day long. Um, I mean, that's something I've always liked, mm-hmm. the fried oyster. And then just like with ketchup, with pickles on a po' boy. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's something in New Orleans that they used to sell all the time. So that's something I grew up eating Pretty much, I could eat that all day till I get sick. I mean, that's something I really like to eat. I never had a. I had an oyster before, but the ones I had weren't good. Like they didn't have no flavor to it. But people really like oysters. I'm telling you, if you eat a fried oyster, if, you, if they, someone does it correctly, I mean, that is just some good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I love. And another thing I love is shrimp fettuccine alfredo. So I mean. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like yeah. that's something I could eat all day, and then it's the only bad part about it is, is that that's the milky products of it is going to make me nauseous after a while because I'm lactose intolerant. So I would definitely have to have lactate pills with me, or I won't oh. be eating too much of it. But are uh, you one of them, them non-cheese eating people that love eating cheese? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I I will definitely eat cheese. Um, I just live for it to pay for it later, but. <laughs> I mean, I feel you though. Like if I, I if I couldn't eat cheese, I still had to do it, man. Yeah, I just t- I take my lactate pills with me, so I mean, it is what it is. I already know what I'm I'm getting into before I have. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say the city uh-huh. I would love to live in. I have to go back to ooh, this is kind of hard because I mean I've traveled and been to a few other countries before, but I would definitely say maybe one of the cities that I really enjoyed. It's a small town. Um, was Macomb, Mississippi. And I know that's kind of weird for a lot of people, like, why would you mm. say Mississippi and you're from Louisiana? But we used to go to this thing called Outdoor Ed when I was younger, and we used to go to these cabins. 
And it was just such a fun experience. It brings me back to a great time. One of my best friends who died um, from leukemia when he was 14, um, I'll just never forget when we were all younger, we had such great memories back then. And that, that always puts a smile on my face when I think of just being in Mississippi during that time. But that probably one place if I could travel and maybe live there because it was really nice. Um, it was just a great moment for me. That would be one option. And if I had to choose another, of course, my home town of New Orleans. I mean, it's nothing like New Orleans, Louisiana. And I mean, there's so much to do. There's so much food, beignets, <laughs> Jackson Square, Bourbon Street. I mean, this if you're looking to do or be around something, it has everything that you could look for. So I guess I'll say New Orleans or Macomb, Mississippi, I'm thinking. I know. That's what I thought. <laughs> Most people wouldn't say Macomb, but I mean, for the people who live in Macomb, I guess they're like, uh, no. No, I understand what you're saying, though. You're saying it's like a, a, a sentimental thing, like, you know, yeah. you lost a friend there, and y'all, I could, I could see how, like, you know, I could see where you're coming from with that. Okay. So let's kind of go to a fun question. I want to talk about your song, Sunny. So mm-hmm. what or who keeps you smiling when you're having a tough day? And how do you find peace in the midst of a storm? Hmm. Well, I would say my mom and my dad, too. But it's kind of different because my dad is more strict. But my mom is going to be more like, you know, gentle with me. So, I'm, you know, I, it's it's a good balance. That's the person. And myself too, though. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very resilient. You know, I developed that over time. And something that I do to keep myself balanced in the storm, I just kind of try not to think. Like you know, it's something in your, I don't know if you call it your mind or your psyche or something. Like you know what you want, you know where you want to go with it, and like just realizing that the emotions and the things that's happening and that's coming up. They just, it's just like God or the universe or just things falling into place. And if you could just stay focused and just relax through that, it'll just resolve and it'll all work out. And that's something I've been doing lately. I love that. I mean, that's a great way of, first of all, shout out to mom and dad. I think that's great that you have such great parents who obviously reared you well and giving you a lot of tools. And I think like, especially during this time, I think people forget how important family is, your immediate family and, and connectedness. Um, because since COVID, we've had a lot of distance for a lot of people or, or people not knowing if their family member is going to get sick and what's going to be the result. And I, I just hate that when I think of how many people didn't have the opportunity to see their loved ones in the hospital before they passed or had to do it through FaceTime. And um, we take a lot of things for granted, you know, when, when it comes to our family. But I think that's amazing that you have a strong support system. And sometimes we have to find it, like you said, in ourselves, like finding that self will, um, I like to call it self-preservation that we have to preserve ourselves in order to be there for others. And um, I think you answered that really well too. I think um, Irvin's been practicing you guys. I think he's Oh, no, no, no. I just been thinking about this type of stuff for a while. And it's like, you do interviews and I, I haven't done a lot of interviews, but I'm about to do more, but, they just ask, they ask like generic questions. Like, and it's like, I, it's funny because this person has done like a hundred billion interviews. But I saw Beyonce, she was on a TV show uh, and she was talking about like, 
people always ask her the same dumb questions in interviews and how boring it is. And I'm like, I haven't even done that many. And I'm already like, man, they be killing me. But your questions were like more interesting. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like if if I'm bored, I know you're going to be bored. And so I'm like, I'd rather come up with something fun that we can kind of laugh, have a good time and talk about things outside of just music because you're more than just a musician and an artist. And I feel like that's what makes interviews pop is that people want to be able to say. Yeah, exactly. And I won't say that the interviews are boring. Like there are some people that is boring, but most of the time it's not boring. It's just more so. It's like a, a media thing. Like it's like a marketing tool. It's it's not as much of an interview. It's more like a affiliation type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So like it's kind of like that. It's definitely a good thing. It's a it, it's giving you a platform, but it's not really like giving you that that interview thing like it used to be. Kind of you know most of this a lot of the time. I feel you. And so that like one thing I always say is if if we get to a point where you feel like, oh man, I'm oh, this is rough, just say something. You know, I'm always about critiques, I'm always about people sharing. And I feel like that's how we grow as as artists in, in this field, is that you need someone to give you tough love, to to show you respect, but also to, to be able to get you outside of your comfort zone and have you to think outside of the box. Because you know when you write your bars and you're ready to record, like you have to have all these creative people in one room sometimes and they're going to have ideas you don't agree with, but that might be the thing that gets you outside of your comfort zone and creates a song that's amazing. Kind of like um, Abracadabra, right? All right. So if you mm. had three wishes yeah. in the world, these are three things that you wish and you, that they could be granted to change the music industry. What are the three wishes that you wish were granted exactly. that could change the music industry? And with these changes, how do you feel that you'll be able to influence or change the industry and make it better? Oh, God. Okay, well, let me just dive in. Number one would be um, authenticity being brought back to the game in a, in the sense of, you know, it's this thing now where it's like somebody does something and it works. Then you got like 100,000 more people trying to do that same exact thing, working to various degrees or levels. Some of them might even succeed at it, you know, and they think that's what the music game is. But it's like, I feel like if you're doing that, you just want to make money or you just want people's approval or something. You're not really wanting to be an artist because no real artist will want to be viewed that way. You know, and I ain't knocking nobody hustle or nothing because I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I just think we need more originality. And uh authenticity in general like like and the number two thing i would say is transparency and honesty and integrity you know because it's like people will just flat foot lie about things and it's like you take away the value of it like you know for example I might have a million streams right from the spotify algorithm and that, and then that means something to me then next thing you know, some dude then bodied up something and he got 10 million streams and they do a good job with like finding that and taking those songs down to keep it like from getting out of control, you know, but it's just like in folks mind, it's like they always looking for the negative perspective. Like that's something too. like that's the third thing. Look for a positive perspective, like be honest and then look for the positive perspective. Like you'll see somebody. And they'll have like a million streams 
and the average person will be like, oh, that's fake or this or that, just because their music ain't where they want it to be. It's a lot of different scenarios it could be. It could be that what you're saying is fake. It could be that they caught on to an algorithm or something. It could be a lot of different things. Your music could be not taken off because you need more marketing, or it could be that people just don't like it. You know, like, and I feel like the life, the reality of the world will show you these things if you're really honest with yourself. And in the music game, it's easy to get lost because it gives you everything you want. It feeds you what you want. It won't tell you the truth if you don't know your own truth. So I feel like those three things, authenticity, honesty, and, and uh, authenticity, honesty, and more transparency. It's kind of all the same thing, but it's like, it's different. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think they are different. I mean, I think transparency is one of the biggest ones that stood out to me is that being transparent in, in all facets of the music industry, because there's a lot of things that people don't know that people have to go through in order to make it. And I feel like, especially now we have TikTok and we have so many other, um, we have Instagram, of course, Snapchat. There's so many different types of apps out there now that it's a lot easier for someone to do something that goes viral and then they become famous. And people fail to realize that the, as we said earlier, the underground artists, we can go even further back to like the 80s and the 90s. And we talk about like people like LL Cool J. I mean, I could just list a lot of them. Ice Cube, Ice T, um, Tupac, Biggie. I mean, there's, there's a lot of names that people will know that I've said, but Run DMC, like being able to cross over and do, you know, rock and, you know, hip hop and being able to do stuff that people wouldn't even expect. And I feel like that is something that we are missing. I, I love people being authentic and sharing, but I think being transparent with authenticity is really important because that's when you really see the true growth of an artist. But you also get to experience something that just stands out alone. And it kind of reminds me of um, the Grammys. I used to always love watching that every year because it's always a mixture of different artists. And I use an example, like we talk about Eminem and Elton John, right? That was one of the most iconic, probably Grammy performances in a while, because nobody expected those two, they were, you know, to even be on the same stage. But it just shows you of just like, wow, like that moment at the end, I was like, what did I just watch? Like, it's one of those things, and that's what you love about artists, when you can just watch something and you just, you, 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 you either in all of what just happened or you're just like, wow, that is something I never expected, but it still became a huge success for both artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you, I don't want to stay on this too long, but you'll take a thing, like you said, Elton John and Eminem, like you got to think of the caliber of person that, that you got to, that you're talking about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to even reach that level of, like icon in this era because it's almost like they don't want you to be that like you know it's like we don't want you to be that we want you to look at them like that that's the end of that and even we want y'all to even start looking down on them a little bit we don't want you to look at no one person like like as a a beautiful person you know what i'm saying with their flaws and all we don't want you to see eminem and elton john on the stage together no more they only like you get what i'm saying like it's different now, but like uh, we need that back because the artists can bring that back. Like, with, but they don't want to. It's like a very lazy thing. It's like, well, I can do this and I can get this and I can get this and I can get this. 
and I don't have to sell out all the way. I mean, I can't say I don't see the appeal in that, but it's like every every real artist I know, like they would never. Most of the artists I know would never do that. Like you know, I don't know if people reach a point where they just change, or if they just pinpoint a certain type of individual and throw a certain type of bag behind them. Not that's not necessarily relative to talent, but it's like. That's like that comes back to the transparency and honesty. We got to stop putting money behind stuff. Like we know sex sales, but like it's a culture here as well. Like make your money, but don't do it at the detriment of, of the culture. That makes you a a culture vulture, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with that. And I always say, like even with this show here, I always remind people that I have every type of person that. I like to invite on the show, but I, it's all about respect and honesty. And if someone is being disrespectful or if someone is not being willing to share themselves, then I don't want them on the show because ultimately this is an opportunity for us all to grow and learn from each other. And we don't have to agree. We don't have to like every person that we talk to, you know, that's not life, but I think life is about being respectful and then also letting someone share their viewpoint. And then you can see if there's any commonality that y'all share or if there's things you can learn from that person's experience, because that person's purview is totally different than, than mine. And so that's what I love about the artistry of music and, and even with rap and singing and, and even writing, you know, we have ghostwriters who write for other people, you know, you really don't know that artist that's rapping on those things. You know, if that was someone who wrote it for him, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not the type of person that feels like, like, for example, like Nicki Minaj, she's a pop star. I'm not saying because she has somebody write a couple hooks for her or even whole songs that that discredits her pen. But it's understood that she's a pop star. So she we know that, you know, like we know Nicki can spit. You know what I'm saying? But like it's like some of these other dudes, they portray themselves as if they these super duper lyricists or everybody got us like how they tried to come at Drake. Like we know Drake can rap. Like so you saying because this dude wrote some hooks and wrote a few little things for Drake to try some new stuff that we gonna discredit everything that Drake ever wrote. I'm like, you can't do that. We know he wrote a lot of this stuff. We know he can rap. It's kinda like but then you got people that do do eat that up. Like I won't say no artist's name, but some artists, you know, they ain't write none of their songs and we acting like they a superstar, but it's like, I don't know you. Like, you didn't write this song. You didn't write none of these songs. And it's not like you Britney Spears or something where you just got the appeal and we understand you ain't write the music, but it fits. Everything is a whole package Britney Spears. You know what I'm saying? You ain't you ain't giving us that. You just some random dude with a hit song that you didn't write, you know? And it's like, I don't think, I mean, I can't gravitate towards that. You know, I respect everybody. I hope everybody can be abundant in life. Like, I'm not saying I want them to fail or nothing, but, you know, I would think it would be cool if we could keep that down as much as possible. Oh, I agree. And that's what I love about just seeing authentic people on television. And so that's what I love about music is that it's, it's about a lot of smoke and mirrors to a certain extent, but when you really get to the core of a person and you talk to them, and that's why I love this show so much is when I talk to y'all, I can get to find out a lot more about you and the, and the listeners, your fans can hear and say, Hey, Oh, I never knew Irvin did this. or I never understood that they'll be able to then have another piece to your soul and understand you better. So 
I, I, that's why I love that you are on here because you're talking the truth, but people are going to connect with that because they want to get to know you. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. But speaking yeah, of, sure. we talked about Eminem a minute ago. I know he's performing for the Super Bowl. And so one of your songs is called Quarterback. Yeah. So, all right. So who has yeah. been... I like that segue I'm right segue now. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I was going to get the Eminem part in there, but I was, I was trying to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's ep- you, that was epic right there. Okay. <laughs> so who has been one of your guiding forces in your life, and how has this person's influence helped mold you into the amazing individual that you are today? Um guiding force my mom has been a guiding force but when i say guiding force i say my dad like my dad was like he like my dad is like a tough like he from the 80s you know all of them was just hard <laughs> but he but he's like he's a good guy though like he's an air traffic controller he wasn't like no in the streets or nothing but all of them just have an edge you know like uh, you know we talking like the 80s you know what i'm saying so it's the difference between their generation and ours and plus they was in situations where they was coming at the end of like uh civil rights and like um what else was happening drugs you know all this type of stuff was going on and all this and when we came along it was a little more chill but Anyway, he was a guy in force. Like my dad was kind of hard on me. He, he gave me a lot of structure and different things, but it helped. You know, it helped me become who I am. You know what I mean? And I look back, there's a lot of my peers. They lack that. We even lack a value for it. And it's like, I guess we see it as somebody taking away our freedom. But it's like structure is what gives you freedom. And it's like, we're not telling you to do what most people do. They go into somebody else's structure and stay there forever and don't think about anything and just do what they told. We're not saying that. But if you go into a situation and you learn a structure and you see, oh, this is how this works, you can leave that situation and you can do what you want and put your own structure around it. And, you know, that's just something you have to do in life. So that's something my dad really gave me. And we butt heads a lot, but we come into a place where we can we reconciling, you know what I'm saying? So this is what I would say. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I feel like there's nothing like a bond with parents. And when you have a strong relationship with a parent, no matter if it's mom, dad, or even if it's someone who played a parental role. I know my grandpa, I talk about him a lot on the podcast, but he played a huge role in my life. And I always just think of since we're getting very close to it being, actually it's going to be 19 years since he had passed in, in a few weeks. And I just always think of just how time has flown. You know, I remember where I was, you know, when the news happened and just seeing how different life has been. And I can't believe it's been this long, you know, after all these years. But it's just such a great moment when I think of like sharing a light, Mm. which kind of goes to my next question, Let There Be Light, which is another song that you've done. Um. But it just, he was such a light in my life. And so I'm glad yeah. that your dad is still here and has continuously um, shown and guided you and giving you morals and values that you live by. So I appreciate you bringing him up for sure. So yeah. I want to talk about our next one, as we said, let there be light. Has there been an opportunity that you've been able to share your light with others in need, like volunteering or doing altruistic things where you've just kind of given back? Is there 
something you want to kind of share that you either in the works are doing or something you've done in the past that really stood out to you? Uh, I try to do, you know, those types of things all the time. I also try not to talk about them as much. I'll, I'll tell you why, though. It's an interesting reason why I was listening to this speech. It was a seminar, and this guy was talking about this, this uh, what was he talking about? It was this thing in the Bible. It's called a Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it was, I don't know who it was. I think it was Moses or somebody. Jesus was telling Moses, he was saying, do not speak about your good deeds amongst people or something like that for the man that brags in essence will receive his payment in full from the people but the man who keeps it to himself will see his blessing multiplied or something like that so and i i struggle with this because some of this on the other side is not good because i feel like naturally sometimes you know how they say don't damn your light either so it's like things that i feel like in the past i should have expressed that I didn't because I didn't want to come across a certain way. But now I learned the difference. Like if it's coming from a place where you worrying about what people going to think about it, then that's not a good point of view, but it's just like, sometimes it's just keep it to yourself. Like I sold this seed into the universe. It's going to come back. You know what I mean? So I try to stay to that, but my dad and a lot of the men around me always told me that you, uh, you always got to give stuff to people all the time. And that's how you, he, my, they told my dad told me, if you want to get something back, go give it to somebody else. I mean, it may not be exactly like that, but like you could break that down to a lot of different ways. So that's how I feel about that whole thing. I thank you for sharing that as well. I think I grew up, my mom would always tell me when you do stuff, you, you don't have to, of course, brag about it. It's about doing things. Um, that your higher power, which we choose to call God, um, he'll be able to bless you in, in the long run that, you know, you, you don't want to miss out on your blessings. The statement should always say it's, so bragging about things is, is not something I've ever done either. But I think that it's, it's good when you can be a part of different organizations and helping people because there's nothing like being there in, at ground zero of any situation and being a victim of hurricanes, Katrina and Rita, and then becoming a survivor of both. I just remember in those moments when I didn't know where my next meal was going to be. And, and, and we grew up and had great experiences and, and being homeless for the first time in my life. I just always remember it of just like that experience. And I never want anyone to have to go through that. Um, so it's just something I choose to continue to be there to support others when I can, but also remembering where I once was. And that's been able to guide me moving forward for sure. Yeah, and definitely as I go and progress, like, you know, I see like LeBron James, like building a school or maybe you don't have to build a school, but you get what I'm saying? Like people giving stuff back, they can really change things. Like I'm like, I notice like they say when you get to the third stage of your life, like the first stage or the first couple is you establishing yourself in the world. And they say when like people become like billionaires or millionaires or whatever, that it's all about. Um, giving back. How can I give uh, everything I got, get, give it back to, you know, invest it back into other people. Like, uh, and I, I think I'm a, I want to definitely implement that in everything I do. Even in my music, like, I feel like I do that. You know, I make music to be honest and I put it out for people who are maybe going through a similar thing to listen to. You know what I mean? 
like, and that keeps me on track and that keeps me in a space where I wouldn't be doing something that wasn't honest, you know? Yes. And it kind of goes into another song you've done. We made it. Cause I think like yeah. you have made a huge influence on my life with your music, but I think there's so many other people you're going to continue to influence. But can you tell us the first time you heard your song on the radio, if you've heard it on the radio and where you were, and can you also tell me, is there an artist or a producer that you would love to collaborate with and who may be on your bucket list? Ooh, okay. Well, I haven't heard my song on the radio, but something that has happened to me a couple of times that's really a trip is like to be walking just around somewhere in Atlanta, like a place where it's like millions of people and somebody come up to you and say, hey, you Irvin Mitchell, I don't know you. And it's like happened more than one time. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty tight. Like, you know, it's like, wow, I'm cutting through. You know what I mean? Like, like this shit is real. And uh, so that's that's the thing for me. The radio thing, I feel like by the time I would, it depends, but by the time I would be on the radio, so much other things would happen before that to where it wouldn't be. It would still be a big deal, but I'd already be up. Like, you know, it's different now. Like, you don't hear nobody on the radio before they already own nowadays. Not really. You know what I'm saying? It used to be a way where you could get on the radio. You still kind of can. That's true. But it's rare now. It used to be it now it's like if, if you go on the radio, it's some bags being dropped. I'll just say that. You know, but that type of moments thus far, I, I that's the one for me right now. Or like somebody might message me and just tell me something that's very like, wow, like you know, it's like that's one of those things I wouldn't want to say to taint it, but it's just like you hear it and it's like, wow, this person is really like, they telling me this. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that just shows that, that, that they've built a connection with your music and you as a person as well. Yeah. Now, what about the person you want to collaborate with? Is there someone that you ah, about? Let's see. Well, there's a lot of people I think about, but let's see. Lil Wayne is my favorite rapper, but I don't know if he would be my dream collaboration. He would probably have to be on there though, but I it got I got to pick somebody else too. Let's see. Um, man, I grew up man idolizing like Wayne, Eminem, Jay Z, Ludacris, like these dudes. So like anybody from that time period, or maybe somebody like the somebody like Ghostface Killer or something, just somebody that's just iconic, like just legendary rapper, like. That shit would be, I mean, that would be cool for me. Like, that would be, like, it. Like, if I was on there, like, I'd say Andre 3000. It could be anybody, any of these people. Like, that's it for me. I mean, if, if I had to choose someone, which y'all know, I don't spit anything. So <laughs> that's not something that y'all would get for me. But one thing I do love, if there was any artist, that Buster Rhymes is one of my favorites. And, I mean, mm. his, I mean, I can't even tell you how many songs I like. The song he did with Janet Jackson when he was featured with Chris Brown. Everybody knows that verse. I mean, that's just just classic. I mean, him or maybe another person I could think of, of course, 
rest in peace. But the two, my two favorite rappers growing up, of course, was Tupac and Biggie Smalls. And I just never forget just listening to Tupac and just being just floored. Like it was just something about his lyrical content and just how he came across. And then Biggie was just kind of so laid back in front of the streets and just, you know, it was all a dream. I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday. And then just with little Kim being featured with him and Faith Evans and then Tupac, like I said, being in movies and just, he crossed over it and did so many different things. And they both had a message. And it's just so unfortunate that with violence that both of their lives were ended sooner than expected. But the impact that they've left, that people are still sampling their music, people are still remembering them, repping both, you know, both people and saying, hey, I remember what they did for the East Coast and the West Coast. I mean, it's just something you'll never forget. And kind of even referencing back to the Super Bowl that we're going to have, you know, Dr. Dre, I believe, is on there as well, Snoop Dogg. Like, we still have people from all over the world who are still being able to share their their music um, with others. And Mary J. Blige, I mean, there's there's no other like Mary J. Blige. So, I mean, I always remember those artists growing up. Yeah. I, that, that's... Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I didn't want to cut you off, but it's funny you talking about Tupac and Biggie. Like, I remember, like, when Tupac was out, I was little. But I remember it was only... I wasn't even really into rap back then, but it was a few rappers that I just knew. It was Tupac, Biggie, Snoop Dogg. That was almost it, Puff Daddy. And it was like, I knew Tupac more so from his movies and interviews. And I found his music as I got older because I didn't understand what he was talking about when I was little. I did on a deep level, like something about it was interesting to me, but I didn't know what it was. But as I got older, I really could relate to it. But it was like, this dude as an actor, just his presence, you know what I'm saying? Just him as a person, because I feel like people look at Tupac and like they say Tupac is the greatest rapper ever. I feel like and they talk about from a technical sense, like I'm like, I don't know if he's technically the greatest rapper ever. It's like but from a writing like, you know, just a technician point of view. But it's his perspective. It's his it's his way he put it together. It's just like is what he's talking about that makes it so great. You know, and that's how I always felt about Tupac. You know, I always connected to him on a more personal level than as a, a rapper. And I agree. I think lyrical lyrical content is really important, but also your delivery. Like that's also with people who speak, right? The intonation in someone's voice or their dialect and how they share things with other people, people connect with it in a different level. But yeah, Tupac is just, I mean, will always be a star. I mean, there's no question about that and, and what he was able to do for a generation. Um, but I'm so grateful. You did really well, Irvin, on those lightning round questions. Really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool, cool. And one thing about Biggie, too, I want to say real quick, that Ready to Die album, like the way they put that that together is so incredible. Like it was like a movie. Like it's till this till this day, I have not seen anybody do that like that. Like it was like, you know, him being born and then him like it was a story like him like uh like uh like rapping about killing himself and like the whole plot and it was amazing because these dudes was fresh off the streets it was just him and pug i'm sure they had some uh, they had uh uh stevie j and them in there with them too but i'm saying these dudes crafted that and it was amazing to see some young black men 
from the streets, nonetheless, meaning not from the streets, but I mean, like from poverty, from a lesser environment, they wasn't looking at this stuff like every day. Like they wasn't seeing this stuff like, you know, they they sculpted that in the same vein as a Martin Scorsese or something, you know. So I thought that was the like that was till this day. That's just some of the most incredible, like uh, one of the most incredible projects to me. I agree. I mean, it's, I, I'm just a huge fan of both. Like I said, there's, there's no other music like it. I mean, I listen to music all the time, but I just go back to that. And I, maybe because I grew up in that era and I just remembered that experience. And that's just something that always sticks out to me. I shouldn't have been listening to that when I was young, but I still <laughs> snuck and heard it anyway. <laughs> I mean, it was different though. We had a little more balance. It was like, we could see stuff. Like I could see violence and different things on TV and different things and I can enjoy it, but I, I, it didn't really make me be like, I had enough other things around me to where it wasn't like I was finna go do that. And even in the hood back in them days, even in the roughest environments, it seemed like people had at least a little bit more of a groundedness and reality than now where people just do whatever they see on Instagram, you know? That's true. You're right about that. I mean, that's something that is times have changed. But the great thing is that we can be the the change that we want to see and we can hopefully influence other people. And that's what I love about your music that, you know, you can still have fun and, and learn a lot about his music. You guys, if I haven't heard it, but it doesn't have to be, you know, something that you mimic such negativity that we've seen all over the world. I mean, it's just something we need to get back to respecting each other, our elders, first of all, and then also just being aware of you know, how we want to be conveyed and what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind when you pass away? And so that's something hopefully with time we'll start to see a shift, I'm hoping. Yeah, I think it's going to be an inevitable thing, though. Mm -hmm. That's true. So I want to kind of ask you a fun question. So um, can you tell me about what it was like to be featured um, as Artist of the Day in Indie Week? Oh, that was tight. I thought it was cool. I was supposed to uh, go out there. It was in Canada. I was supposed to go out there, but I wasn't able to make it. But it was great that they appreciated it, you know, because it was like a festival out there. And at the time, I was kind of feeling like like I'm doing these things. But because I'm not a well, the story I was telling myself, because I'm not a traditional rapper, I don't get appreciated. I'm like, like, why are they treating this dude like this is better than me or because I'm not spending money with you every kind of the thing I was talking about not doing earlier. Like, you know, and I just had to they helped me to focus in. Like I got a special path. Like the stuff I'm getting is is special. Like I'm getting blessed. Like, I mean, this is real organic, like straight from God, you know, and it's like I just had to separate myself from the it helped me to separate myself from the valley. It was like one of them times God was saying, like, oh, here you go. Like, don't re- don't forget. Like another situation was when uh just a couple of different articles and different things where it was like, ah, oh, that's tight. Like, you know, like it's only one of these. I got that. Like, that's like, that's a step of approval. You don't want to be hooked on those, but they are cool. Absolutely. I agree with you. And that's what I love about this field is that we get to choose, you know, what kind of connections we're going to build and, and how people can perceive us moving forward. I think that's great. And I, I think you deserved it. I mean, it should have been the artist of the month. <laughs> Hopefully in the future, we'll get to see that. Or maybe on Spotify, we'll get to see you featured as one of the artists uh, where people want to get to know more as your music continues to evolve and we start to 
hear more music from you? Yeah, I'm coming. Um, I'm moving more like, you know, I'm about to drop my album, Cuddy Baby. It's coming this month. Uh, we still working with the distributor to figure out the exact date and get some behind the scenes things. That's why I haven't announced the date, but it's coming this month, early next month at the latest. But um, it's like the route I'm moving, I'm looking more into getting music, getting placements in like films, you know, like video games, you know, different things like that. And, trend, and and going through that lane, you know, that's one of them where I'm approaching my music right now. And I'm a, and, and um, with, when it comes to projects, you know, I'm about to drop my album and let that live and do a lot of visuals for that. But like, I'm moving into like the, I just really want to go into like the lane of like film, like, you know, getting them, like, think about it. It's not even just about the money, just the, the fact that you got a song that's playing in the back of a TV show or a moment or something. And it's just iconic. Like Euphoria is my favorite show right now. The second season is like, eh, we're going to see. But the first one, I love that shit. I think Zendaya is like, one of the greatest actresses of all time. She, she like she on the way, but like to have a song and a show like that that's connected to such a cultural thing, like that's a big deal. Like you'll see other shows where they have songs in the background just for the sake of having a song, and that's cool to get a placement in that too. But if you, it's a higher level than that. Like you know what I mean? Like in, in a level beyond random rap song in 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 film. Like you know. And that's what I'm I'm moving forward. I don't even know what you asked me. I just I guess I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because it kind of goes into one of my questions. I wanted to know what was new for you. And you just kind of, of course, plugged that your album will be coming out very soon. But can you tell our listeners how can they find you online? If you can tell them your social media handles and how can they find your music and everything online? Okay, y'all can find me on Instagram at Irvin Mitchell, you know, just at Irvin Mitchell, my name. And uh, also, you can find my music on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Pandora, whatever you use, we there, we we there. And uh, I'm dropping the album, Cuddy Baby. It's, a, it, it's inspired by one of my friends, one of my homies that I do collaborate with, Jay Austin. He told me he was like, my music remind him of, of a mixture of Lil Wayne and Kid Cudi. And I was like, dang, that's interesting. And over the course of time, I had been putting songs aside for an album over the last couple of years or whatever. And just letting it build up. And then sonically, I started to hear it and go in that direction. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Like I said, either this month or very early next month. And yeah, that's where y'all find me. Well, I really appreciate you, Irvin, for being on the show. I have one more question for you, and this is the question I ask every guest. Um, and this is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Irvin? What I would say to young Irvin, hmm, that's, that, that's different. What I would say to young Irvin is that the stories in your head are not true. And that deeper feeling that you know what you're doing is the one you should listen to more. 
Wow, that's a great answer. So I've never heard an answer like that since I've been asking that question. I really like that. Mm. Really great answer. Well, I appreciate you, Urban, for being here. I think that you have done so much already for the culture and you've done so much for your family and you're doing your parents proud. You've done a lot of people in this community proud by you just being yourself, putting out great music, being able to, to hopefully we want to see you on a global level very soon. And I really do think the album is going to be great. I can't wait to support it and share it with all my friends, share it online. I, I want to make sure that you can be at the top of the charts. And I just, I just see a lot of great things happening for you. And I'm just so glad that you decided to be on the show. I appreciate that, man. I'm glad you had me. I'm, I've, I've been wanting to do more of these. So it's great to have the opportunity. Well, I will definitely have you back. So if you want to come back at a later point to perform any music, I could have you on my second show, Space Between. If you guys have not heard of Space Between it, it is also available on pretty much all streaming platforms. Um, if you guys want to check it out, um, you can check it out on Spotify and Anchor app. Um, both of those are where you can see a lot of information on it, but it's available on Radio Public, um, also Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, Breaker, this it's on a lot of different platforms in different countries. And so I would love to have you perform on Space Between if you're open. We can definitely set it up. Oh, let's do it. Cool. I'm excited. So thank you, Urban, for being here on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Urban, thank you so much for being here today. And I hope that you have a great rest of your evening and keep on making great music. All right. Thanks, All right. Bro. You have a great evening. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Oh, 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 oh,